you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast is not hosted by Robert Kraft. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Starting to have a little bit of concern, uh, you know, in reference to that uh, money drop at the top of the show, uh, that the Patriots will be going to the White House now because... Crap. Why would you be concerned about that? Because I have a sandwich uh, mm. uh, uh, prop based on that. I said a sandwich prop. And I think, deal with it, misophony peeps. And I, I think that now that Kraft has addressed it and Brady's addressing it, like, hey, you know, they, it's not, it's overblown. It sounds like going to the White House and Mark, you're going to get a sandwich out of it. Congratulations. Well, I'll, I will accept a sandwich. Although at this point I owe you so many as well that I don't know how this. Well, it's all also a little. Out. It's a little early. They traditionally go when, like in June or July, like some, something like that. You know, a lot right. could happen, right? You got to make sure Trump's there. You know, Ooh. is he going to be in the White House to welcome in? Hey, save might it. make sure he's save not for there. the political podcast. What? You might want to make sure he's not there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. If if they did a trip with a new president, does that count? Well, you know, these are all things that, uh, you know, down the line. You never know what happens in society, Mark. No, you do not. Why do you keep throwing any sort of awkward <laughs> transition you throw to me to I, handle and pick up the pieces? It, it, because I I don't feel like it, I don't want to get involved with Donald Trump being in the White House. Nor do I. So conversation. throwing it to me. No, we're not. I'm not speculating that's right. I'm, I'm just saying on the list of things that are possible, that's one of them. I think it's more likely than us not having a Super Bowl, which which had a sandwich prop attached to it. Ooh, well, throwing that back in Mark's that face up. in a big spot. <laughs> uh, this is the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored, of course, of course by Mr. Flames, economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. A. 
for all your economics needs. If you want to know how to get rich, if you want to know how to get out of debt, if you want to know how to become a better man, Mr. F. Hmm. Mr. F. I wish I could enroll in this class in The Hague, the Netherlands. I think you can. It would be like one of those 80s high school movies where the 40-year-old guy is in the class with all the the teens. (laughs) Right. That's how uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was written. What, oh, is that what the... He went back to school and wrote about his experience. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Classic. 1982. I've never seen it. Really? Wow. Where does that fit, Wes, in the Uncle Humor Hall of Fame? Where does well, that... I think a lot of people would have that on Mount Rushmore, but you would consider it <laughs> Uncle Humor. It is Uncle people Humor. People my age love it. That's good. I like Fast Times. Okay. Just like uh, Revenge of the Nerds on uh, yesterday. Get those wow. nerds! 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 I had a... The first it might be the first R-rated movie I ever saw was Revenge of the Nerds. I was at a, like a sleepover, uh, and and we watched the movie in the downstairs area. Sure, and there was quite that, a bit of nudity. That's how you learn about life. Downstairs and, movies and some filthy language, uh, very adult themes. It's a college. Uh, for those that don't know Revenge of the Nerds, it's a college comedy about uh, these nerds, nerds who who rise up uh, through all this turmoil. And, and strife to kind of take over. I think it was Adams College. Wow, it's a very popular right. subgenre. The college right. or high school goes awry. I convinced my mom with a couple of friends to rent Faces of Death parts one and two. <laughs> you did. Blockbuster that really wasn't video, part of that genre. Age of video back then. And yeah, that was that's scary. Stuff. Well, she was upstairs. You know, oh, I'll, I'll make some nice finger sandwiches for everyone. We're downstairs watching monkeys' heads being hit by hammers. It was crazy. All that's still <laughs> still the memories are still in my head. It was a horrible film. And just to tell you how how much times have changed, just like the AstroTurf in a uh, Super Bowl thirty seven, or uh, you know insert X here of something that's ancient that we can't uh, connect with anymore. In Revenge of the Nerds, one of the great conquests of the nerds is installing hidden cameras in the locker room of, of like, the, the Thetas uh, uh, bathroom, and it's, like, a major point of, like, uh, success today. Well, they stole that from Porky's. Well, there's that uncle. That's uncle humor. Yeah. Yeah. They but were, anyway, they today were, you're going to prison for that. They were, Yeah, they were sexually assaulting those women. <laughs> right. Then it was, right. like, Hardy har. Then it's like, oh, look at these like these cute neighborly boys that we think are you know they're upstanding and they just rap scallions. They're, they're a little we got, frisky. We got to move on, but that's not even the best of that genre. Summer school number one. Very good. And then back to school, Rodney Dangerfield. I would maybe back go to schools. Two. That's good. That's when he's the diving guy. Summer <laughs> school. Lindy. Summer school is great. The great Dean Cameron. Uh, he ruled that summer school. Oh, Cameron Crow. That's the name I was searching for earlier from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's the one who went back to school as an adult. Um, we've lost everyone in our audience <laughs> yeah. that was born after 1989. They're all gone now. So all you old timers that are still at the show, we, we respect you and we thank you for your patience. Uh, today's show. Way to figure out how to download podcasts. Remaining <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Thanks. Today's show uh, uh, is a good one. I like today's show because uh, one of the good things about this time of year, even though it's a slow period, uh, there are some really good stuff coming out of the NFL.com around the NFL group. And uh, one one piece that we're going to talk about, Greg has been busy all week working on veteran names on the bubble. If you're on the bubble, you know, every year you have your little your little cute columns that you, you bring back, and they're kind of part of, part of the essence of Greg. And you roll them back. <laughs> you know, I think the essence of Greg. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, an un biased observer would maybe find what you just said condescending 
little comes, and, but I don't take it that way. I, and you know, I know your heart is pure. Mark, how, how are you doing, by the way, before we get into the show? I know that uh, even though the season's over, we're still in the office every day and, and doing a lot of work. I would think it back at home that uh, your wife probably expected you to be more available, but we're still cranking away doing the, the work that we need to do. Yeah, I'm generally. Welcome to the NFL Combine, free agency, draft, nightclub Keep grinding, Sessler. Is Daddy ever coming back? Yeah, I feel annoyed mostly. That's how I'd. That's how I'd phrase it. Still, still had time to go hit the town uh, with old Wes on last Saturday. So. We did. We had a, we had a, quite a nice time. Fill up your gas bags with a little bit of fuel. Is what they say. I don't know if that's how I'd phrase it. That is. That's. <laughs> Fill up your gas bags. <laughs> Let's do some news, Sid. We really do have an opportunity to change the way we all experience art. I gave all you listeners out there a homework assignment to watch the title, Greg's beloved title, uh, their opening press conference, and that that was the great Beyonce uh, speaking, you know, in a very reserved manner about the streaming service. Well, you know what? I didn't waste time watching that video. (laughs) Why would I watch it? I didn't say that. You should watch it. You already know what you've gotten yourself into. Viewers don't need to. You've gotten yourself into bed with the wrong streaming service. I think that's very clear. This is one of the weirder debates between you two, and I I mean, I'm glad. I don't understand it. This is one I don't get. (laughs) (laughs) Can I? I want to read one more uh, Beyonce quote from that press conference. This collaboration, and she's like sitting next to the Daft Punk guy with the helmet on. And they're all sitting at a press conference table. No one's smiling. Beyonce, this collaboration feels so egoless. <laughs> That's the word I'd use. I just said, be careful you get into bed with. It is. It does Blitz seem for to, six. I mean, it does I don't seem know if, to ruffle Greg's feathers a little bit. It you're, does annoy you're, him. You're a I don't annoyed. know if this room needs to be calling out other people for being egoless. Oh, we're, oh, okay, yeah. We're, I <laughs> said, is that NFL Network's <laughs> Greg Rosenthal? Point taken. <laughs> Love that one. And by the way, if you want to send in your own NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal, just like that was a fan submission. Uh, please do send it in. Mm. Uh, hook up with Sydney, and and maybe if it, if it, if it's not total mm. crap, it will get on the show. Wow! So like a sound drop, not not a not like put me in an envelope. Don't put don't put mail. borders around people's creativity, Greg. <laughs> Make sure you send it through title so Greg sees it. <laughs> Let's start with it. Hey, this is where you always want to start. The Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who. You know, we we already t- we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. The Blake Bortles rejuvenation machine is firing up. Uh, we're gonna hear a lot of stories about how Blake is ready to come back. But then there is the actual football side of it. Where would the Jaguars stand on Bortles after a miserable 2016 season? We got a little hint about how the Jaguars really feel about Bortles on Wednesday because the Jaguars and their backup quarterback, Chad Henney, agreed to a restructured uh, contract. Uh, Henney looks like he took or most likely took a little bit of a pay cut, uh, but it keeps him in Jacksonville. They're doing business with another quarterback that's not Blake Bortles. Uh, Chad Henney, Greg, hasn't thrown a pass in almost three years, uh, and that seems to point in the direction of they are getting in bed with Blake one more time. This this caught my eye just because – 
The we're doubling down on Blake Bortles has been a theme from the minute this offseason ended, from their coaching hire to their public statements to everything. And this just says we're running it back. We're bringing back the same three quarterbacks. Bortles has no going to have no competition. Maybe they draft someone. I think that'd be a good idea. But it's surprising to me because you could get to week three and he could look like the same Blake Bortles as last year. And then you could think, oh, my God, we have 14 more games to play and we're all going to get fired. You can't have a newcomer come in and she, she makes steal a good point. show. Chan, if Chad Henney couldn't get off the bench last year, he's never getting off right. the bench. Right. It's nothing to do with Chad Henney. It just shows that they're not going to bring in anyone to even pretend to compete with I Bortles. also think, yeah, Henny never got in a game. I think there was a shock in that building probably about how much Blake Bortles regressed. I think a lot of people were surprised about what transpired. And to me, this is not that surprising because, you know, the, the GM is still in the house, Caldwell. And I would think Bortles was his baby. If Bortles fails again, yes, you, you, your season is going down the drain. Uh, but I think he's the fall guy, and, and maybe Doug Marone, who probably doesn't have the safest uh, security of, of, of new coaches out there. But it also is Tom Coughlin has the ability to kind of take this season to try to continue to rebuild this roster or tweak it the way he needs to. And getting one more big clear look at Bortles makes sense to me because of the promise he showed before this year. And I don't think it precludes them from drafting someone at all. They took a six-rounder last year. They could get rid of him and keep someone else. It's like it, I, they're not bringing someone in to challenge Blake Bortles. That's the overriding right, I would have thought obvious they would. message. I, would have thought they I, would. I don't think so. I, do, I would have been surprised if they went and took someone in the second round to compete openly with Bortles after all the lip service that we've gotten from the team since they made their decision at keeping the GM and the coach. It seems like once you kept David Caldwell, who is Bortles' guy, that it had another full-year mandate. Greg, if, if if Henny doesn't do much for you as a guy that's a competitor, and I, I get that. I used that, to kind of like Chad who, Henney. Didn't who, work out who's out me. there on the open market that you would want to maybe uh, dance with as somebody, a uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick type? Maybe maybe he's an upgrade, but it's all the same type of character. That's fair. That's fair that the Nick Foles, which we'll get to later, and – Kaepernick or whoever it's going to be that you would pick up wouldn't be overly exciting. Uh, let's move on. Uh, check in with the San Francisco 49ers who uh, earlier this week uh, landed their new defensive coordinator. NFL Network's Mike uh, Garofolo reported that Robert Sala? Sala? Somebody help me out. I think you did fine. with, with both. It's, a, it's a mix between those Saleh? two. Sala? Sala. Sala. Sid! Don't look at me. <laughs> well, Robert will fill the position under new head coach Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so the, the 49ers continue, Mark, to put their staff together. Who is Robert? Well, he worked with Kyle Shanahan in Houston for a number of years and went on to work with the Seattle Seahawks and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so I think he's a known quantity to Kyle Shanahan. And I, you know, maybe part of the reason that he's a defensive coordinator a little bit earlier than some thought he might be is that you're hiring your staff after the Super Bowl. And you're obviously not going to keep anyone from the defensive staff that was there last year. They're all gone. So it comes down to you want to at least have someone that you have ties with, someone that you know and you trust you can work with. Maybe that's what happened here. Yeah, I think every prospective coach has built relationships through the years, and these guys probably talk constantly about, hey, when I get a job, you're going to be on my staff, and I think this is exactly what but he. But this is the risk of – and it was worth it, you know, for the 49ers to get Kyle Shanahan, but this is the risk of hiring a guy too late. I mean, it, it's, I, think, I think they would have 
Kyle Shanahan would have loved to have Robert Sala on his staff. I don't think he wanted him as his defensive coordinator. The guy was a quality control coach three years ago. Right. He's never been a coordinator. And Kyle Shanahan, this is the thing that can trip up first-time head coaches. There were reports he tried to hire Vic Fangio away from Chicago. They wouldn't wouldn't let it happen. And you're ending up with kind of backup picks as your coaches. The only argument against any risk of hiring, if it's Shanahan or the coach that you want the most who's coming out of the Super Bowl, that's what the Falcons did with Quinn. I would never – I don't like the trend if we've got to get our coach – two weeks earlier, and it's not the guy we want as much. I would always go after the guy that you believe in the most. Even if you – maybe that first year or two, you don't – they can replace some of these staff members next offseason. Right. Too. It's just a very green – it's going to be a green yeah. staff learning as they go. I may not know how to pronounce Robert's – Salah. I mean, most Sala. likely. But I do know Vic <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> hey, Roddy White, out of football this past season. Uh, but not out of the public eye. Uh, the former Falcons wide receiver uh, believes that he could have saved his former team, the Falcons, from uh, their infamous now Super Bowl loss, if not uh, for Kyle Shanahan's questionable play calling in his, dis- in his opinion. In fact, Roddy White came out strong against Kyle Shanahan, now the coach of the 49ers. Here's his quote uh, to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, this week. I'm glad I wasn't a part of that team because I probably literally would have fought him. The guy is drunk. You destroyed a dream for a city. It's bigger than me. The city of Atlanta needed that championship and you had it. Arthur Blank needed that championship and he deserved to win that game with everything he's been through. It was finally our time to win and it just hurt me that we didn't get it done. Uh, Wes, uh, for, well, we'll start here. We've talked about this, Wes. You don't. You disagree that Kyle Shanahan uh, did anything wrong. That's that's not my stance. What was your, your was my your stance? stance? Was that he could have called it differently? It was one of many many factors that upended the Falcons. It was not the lone thing that he bears all responsibility for their loss. Uh, that and this is totally unfair of White, I think, to put it all on Kyle Shannon. I totally agree. Uh, but I think what he was uh, getting at, and I think what a lot of people, there are a lot of different things that this boils down to, but I think when everyone looks back at this game, it will be first and 10 at the 22 after the Julio Jones catch and their decision to pass the ball, take the sack, then get a holding penalty. And Roddy White's pointing to that directly as being the reason why they lost the Super Bowl. It's lazy. It's a highly annoying uh, example of that just because you played football and they love to say you you didn't play the game, that just because you played football doesn't mean your analysis of what happens after you leave the game is necessarily going to be sharp. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous comment. And I would say this, that Roddy White, his exit allowed for the team to bring in Mohamed Sanu, to bring in Taylor Gabriel, and to get into year two of Kyle Shanahan's wow. offense, and how much better they were with Roddy White had his time, but with that crew of players versus an aging Roddy White that they hung on to for too long. Ooh, it's not that- even a controversial statement. Roddy White held this offense back and held it against Kyle Shanahan that his role was reduced. Sessler off the top rope with a little sour grapes theory in a big spot. And his analysis is lazy. It's <laughs> It's simple-minded. It's a lot. Mine? E- no, Roddy okay. White's. It's a lot <laughs> easier to hold one person responsible in your head than go through all the permutations of everybody who messed up in that game. All right, hey Roddy, <laughs> you came into the chamber. You, you took a beating. Didn't you gotta work come out. stronger next time. If Didn't you come work into out the for chamber. Him. And now you're being carried out of the chamber. 
In a body bag. In a body bag. God! Moving on. Uh, Tom Brady granted uh, Peter King of Monday Morning Quarterback a an exclusive. PK flew to Montana uh, to where Tom Brady is hiding out uh, after his latest conquest in Super Bowl 51. Uh, they really blew it out over at the MMQB. And I want to make sure I state that all the quotes that I'm about to read come from the MMQB, because if you don't say that these quotes are attributed to the MMQB, Peter King might just fire off 11 tweets at you, calling you a disgrace to humanity. So that everything I'm about to read <laughs> right now was written by Peter King and can f- be found exclusively in its original form on his website, MMQB.com. Sydney, we d- did we do enough to seal that, that up? I don't think that's the link, Airtight. actually. The MMQB. MMQB.si.com? Something like They that. never really nailed the URL well, over there. I, you, I'm just going to be honest. Well, now that. we're st- – okay. Well, it's be, yeah. you're right because this has happened to me many times. If you type in MMQB.com, it's a contract furniture news <laughs> site. You cannot make this up. This is, this is true. How lucky is this contract furniture news site? Oh, they are. Because how many people came hundreds. to their website now? Thousands. Uh, what is a furniture news site? I mean, it, it's. Uh, I mean, I, it's. Yeah. It seems like an industry, a furniture industry kind of uh, trade trade report. Yeah, and that's where you could take the your traffic your, your, is your breaking news talents over to that site, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you can find all of uh, ATN Media Insider Dan Hansa sites. MMQB, the con- contract furniture source for breaking news. So again, I regret bringing that up. I'd just like to point out that the dolphin makes that drop. <laughs> Sydney, she's a genius. The MMQB.com. You can get their MMQB.SI.com as well, or through uh, the Twitter hand- handle at the MMQB.com. Tom Brady talking about uh, his goals again, doubling down that he wants to keep playing deep into his fourth decade. I'd like to play until my mid 40s. Then I'll make a decision. If I'm still feeling like I'm feeling today, who knows? And he says in this profile that he he doesn't have any after effects of a long season or the Super Bowl while he's um, hanging out in the in the snow of Montana. Now, those things can always change. You do need long-term goals, too. I know next year is not going to be my last year, which is important to know. Uh, and then King asked him, this is the other part, Wes, that I found interesting, uh, that you know, doing things like avocado ice cream and all the sleep that he needs. I mean, it really is a big part of his life, uh, this this ability to stay young and feel young. Uh, do you, you know, does that kind of wear on you having to give up things? Taking out some things in your lifestyle, like going out with your friends until 1 a.m., I don't do that anymore. Uh, do you miss it? Not really, because I know what I've – what I'm getting on the other end. I know I can enjoy other experiences with my friends that mm. don't have to happen at 1 a.m. I can have my friends at a Super Bowl game as a 39-year-old. That's a pretty amazing Ooh. feeling. So it doesn't – Greg like has to stay one. seated over there right now. So it doesn't ever feel like a sacrifice to me that's making lifestyle choices that support dreams and goals that I have. Football is a job, but it's never felt like a job for me. I think when you look at people who have conquered their world – 
Alexander the Great is said to have sat on a hillside and cried because he had nothing left to conquer. Michael Jordan went and played baseball because he had no more competition left mm. in basketball. Tom Brady has found his own motivation. And if you've been paying attention to the way he's talked about lifestyle in the past three or four years, he his eyes light up when he talks about mowing down age barriers, teaching people a different kind of lifestyle. I think he's supremely motivated by not just playing football, but the process of getting ready to play football. And if you don't think he's serious about playing until 50, that is, that is where his competitive drive comes from right now. I would say this, too, that his diet tips are absolutely number one on point, and more people should listen to them if they wanted to continue their sporting careers longer. He's absolutely on point with that. Number two, that when – you look at what he's done that why do people go out with their friends at one in the morning and you go crazy? A lot of times it's to let off steam because aspects of your life are not satisfying. And if you're Tom Brady, he couldn't be more satisfied and more thrilled by the path and career he's chosen. And also it sounds like his home life. So there's less of an impetus for someone like Tom Brady to go get hammered and go out all night long and do stuff like that. And you can make fun of him and say he's not a normal guy and all this other stuff, but he's absolutely right. I think in the position he's in, why veer off the this course? This is who you want to be, himself? actually, because you go on these health kicks every year. In Mark's heart of hearts, you would love to be the guy well, that th- has I a bizarre think, diet, has a, a sleep chamber. I don't think it's a bizarre diet, number one. that's what it, <laughs> I, I absolutely would go to bat for Tom Brady on this, that I think he's absolutely correct in many of the things he follows. And I have nothing more to point to than who he is and where he is right now compared uh, to athletes that fade it, away seven years earlier. And it's also – it's just growing up. I don't think what he's saying is that different than some of our lives in terms of not – and pretty much – any 39-year-old, you know, we, we're around that age in this room. For the most part, you're not going out to the clubs. You're not going out with your friends nearly as much. And some people some people don't like that. But I, I, I'm much happier now than I, than I was in my mid-20s. I don't think, and I don't think that's that rare of a, a quality. Um, okay. They- you don't think so? I mean, it's... Uh, I, I guess it depends on the person. I just can only take this so far. Well, Wait, you're saying you know, now we're all relating to Tom Brady. It's no, like, there's nothing normal about what he's doing. There's nothing with I our agree. lives it's, that really connect with his life right now. It's exceptional. It's not normal at all. And I think the thing with physical genius, if you take Tom Brady or Tony Gwynn or Ted Williams as a hitter, Wayne Gretzky as a hockey player, LeBron James, you are driven to greatness because you found something so compelling you can't put it down. And I think that's where Tom Brady's at right now. And I guess my final thought is all those people you just mentioned, they all got old. I still got father time in this battle. I mean, you do. He could do everything. I, I, he could do everything that we're reading about this, and we could praise him to the high heavens. Father time will win. I heard the jury's still out on science. It will win. I have one We've counterpoint. We've never denied that. Sure. It's just it, not happening eventually. The next year. Like, that's true. The, the gradual Maybe sooner the, than you realize. He's already beaten. <laughs> Maybe Bob, a little he's bit already sooner. beaten Father Time in terms of what he's done at this age. And secondly, the problem with the NFL is that a lot of teams will tell you there are a bunch of quarterbacks spread around the league, starting quarterbacks 
who don't care about their job nearly as much as Tom Brady does. We just talked about one we've heard all season about Blake Bortles. What is he actually doing with his habits and his off-the-field stuff? It's very questionable. And these guys are watching someone like Tom Brady do what he's doing, and it's fine if we get tired of it or we don't want to relate to him, but it's an example. No, we cannot relate to But it's but an example on. to It's an example that he's setting for other athletes, and plenty of them and don't. And that's good. Plenty of them don't follow it. That's fine, and I'm glad that you find motivation in him, and a lot of people do. Uh, but I don't find motivation. Yeah. I just agree. I think it's he's a, just the football well, the player, thing. folks. A, it, Let's also not make him no, up more than he is. No, he's a but football here's the thing. player. It's he's often made fun of for his diet and his water drinking and his sleep habits. But he's actually water drinker. He's proving <laughs> that it's absolutely true. Yes. So why don't why why do maybe only fifteen percent of other quarterbacks even attempt to do what he's doing? That to me, I is totally what's agree. Curious. You know, don't, I think he could change. He could change how people train. Don't sure. don't. I think he already has. Don't hold it against them that you are one of one of the opponents that he's now dropped an L on in his <laughs> in his career. I want to go back to August and tell that Dan Hansis before he starts the gradual decline. I just want to show hey. him the box score. I want to show him the Super Bowl. I want to show it all. Battle's not over. I may I, I lost mean, the, the battle. battle. It's, it's over, over baby. Battle. It's over. I lost the battle. I'm not going to lose the war. That's an issue. I mean, this is. We all know that eventually. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Catch you'll up. all come. You'll all come around eventually. But just know that I'm already here. The guy is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's out with his friends at one in the morning, and so are the yeah. rest of this room. I mean. Well. Come on. Is Greg really out till one a.m.? No. No. Finally. I'm a wimp. More throne of ease news. Um, Malcolm Butler, in the last lucky Patriots Super Bowl win. Uh, had the amazing interception at the goal line. Uh, a former uh, college star, but undrafted, picked up by the Patriots and then became a legend in New England. And now, and this is the, the lead from the Hollywood Reporter, Malcolm Butler's journey from running the Friolator at Popeyes to becoming this team's star cornerback will be headed to the big screen in the secondary. Life story, Greg. Malcolm Butler. You're going to go see it? If it's if it's produced by a reputable uh, uh, company, which according to the report, it seems like there's some decent people attached to it. Uh, and let's say they get the – this is Mark and I were talking about this before the show. They get the uniform rights and the and the likeness rights uh, from the NFL. So it looks good. Are you going to go see a Malcolm Butler biopic? Well, I, yes, I would. I've, I've, I've said on this podcast many times he's my you know favorite patriot right now and probably the last 10 years or so. So I'm going to go see it. Okay. Of course. Cool. And the, I mean, these movies usually don't happen in the end. Well, it sounds like the Jim Morris movie. Remember the Tampa Bay Devil Rays pitcher? Yes. And Disney made a movie out of it. It was an unlikely story. Malcolm Butler is an unlikely story. I mean, I mean it, we, we, it works. West Alabama to winning the Super... It's You couldn't... You, you wouldn't write this up. I went to see Draft Day, so if they're gonna put a, <laughs> if there was a play, a story about a Browns player that won the Super Bowl, I'd go see that. In you a don't, don't undersell what you did with that movie. You didn't just go. see You were also on the promotional arm of that. Well, film, that will never we happen again. Called. I That's learned. True. I learned a lesson about sending quotes to very. I people. my my. <laughs> I hope I could only hope to be in that position someday that it'll say Malcolm Butler's story. You tugged at my heart. All All right, right, what was it? Well, that you if said? you had a heart, then it would be tugged. <laughs> <laughs> City, maybe you could dig up some of Mark's promotion of. Please uh, do not. Uh, finally, or enjoy your last show producing this. T- this up. wow, a threat. <laughs> your job was just now. You have to look it up. Do not do it. Do I not like, touch it. I like that Mark thinks he has hiring and firing 
like that's a window into his mind there that he thinks he can just fire. I don't think it on his own. I know it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the money guy behind this project, uh, this again from the Hollywood Reporter, not the MMQB. Uh, .si.com, but you should check that site out for really good information. Uh, sees this film as a two-hander. That's a little industry jarg. Two-hander. Uh, having also scooped up the rights of uh, Butler's agent, a man named Derek Simpson, a small-town lawyer who was handling Butler's blossoming career while fighting a commercial trucking Goliath in court to get justice for a paralyzed teen. Oh, yeah, get me to the movies, baby. <laughs> That's what's happening in the news. What'd you call that, a two-armor? Two-hander. Two-hander, bro. Two-hander? little industry jark, little Hollywood industry jark. How badly uh, do we want to hear this draft day stuff? I would love to. Yeah. I would have love it. To. Why don't we have a vote? Show of hands. Who wants to hear it? Yeah, that's three. <laughs> I well, don't. That, that's right. three. Okay. Here Not on this show. <laughs> oh, boy. Full of heart from start to finish. Delivers on the great tension of the NFL draft. I didn't write while that. While showing how human the entire process is. <laughs> oh, no. Mark Sessler, NFL.com. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? I will. All right, that is that, that is the are, most embarrassing that's ever happened to me. But I will. That, those admit, are actual quotes from your review, the, right? Well, it was. It, here's were. the thing: when that came out, whenever I was, we were supposed to go review that. I like think it was I, the spring of 2013. Yeah, and I like a week later after seeing it, I had tweeted about it after and said we agreed that it was a B. It was a solid B. We both agreed with that. Wes and I, I think the movie is unfairly maligned. So I was. I don't at, think it was an embarrassment. No, 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 not at all. But, but what I stated there sounds ridiculous. But I will, I will, I have to acknowledge this. I was with my parents uh, on a vacation somewhere, and I got this like text or an email about sending in. Can you please send in a paragraph? Had a couple glasses of wine in me. It was feeling good. <laughs> I was like first night of vacation. Send the paragraph off. Thought it was cool to do. And then I when when the media started to come at me, I thought, my God, what have I done? There was a promotional officer. Uh, tied to that production in the lobby because we saw a free screener for all NFL employees and they approached uh, one or, or a few of us about, I don't know, getting quotes or lines, but then they must have reached out to you. I uh, tweeted about it and they, they, they did. And it, I do think it was a solid B movie and it's treated like it was the worst movie of all time. Well, they noticed, ridiculous. you know, when you were walking out, you were the only one with tears you know, coming <laughs> I, down your face. No, I was, no. <laughs> That's not fair. It was yeah. a, it was a happy ending for the Browns. It was so I could see how you would be. The, I I think it caught. It, I got film. a little caught up in it. It's not that the movie is a dud. Is why this is funny. It's funny because oh, yeah, you take no ownership of those quotes. Whatsoever. No, I mean I acknowledge that like it seems absolutely ridiculous in print, and then when we put it through that waterfall that Sid just did, that it gets even worse. Um, okay, so that's what's happening in the news. Let's move on now and. On Tuesday's show, we hope you listen to Tuesday's show. You should, uh, if you haven't. Um, we spoke of the players that could be uh, franchised using the franchise tag uh, over the next month uh, or so, and the players that might not end up franchised, which would mean they would become free agents if they're if that player and their team do not work out a deal. So now, Greg wrote a banger. That's why he's been on TV a lot this week, because he's writing a lot of content that the, the network overlords are saying, mm, give me that. I want to feast on that. I want to feast That's on NFL Greg. Network's Greg Rosenthal. I want to take his brain and absorb it into our product. That kind of stuff. <laughs> it's a quiet week. 
They're desperate for some content. Oh, really? Julian Edelman was on our flagship show for like 47 minutes uh, yesterday. There were 10 different videos put into our system from that interview. We're going to be on the show on Thursday, the four of us, the Around the NFL podcast. It's on 1 to 2 Pacific, 4 to 5 Eastern. That should help save them from a ratings angle, you know, from the Edelman visit. Get us on for three minutes or less <laughs> than three minutes. Uh, anyway, so Greg, you wrote about – um, you have an AFC edition, which is out right now, an NFC edition uh, that will be coming out later this week. Uh, and why don't we start with the AFC? Players that could be released. These are notable players uh, that could be re- released. And like your exercise earlier this week, uh, it's in number order. Does the number order affect anything here? Well, there's different categories, kind of like str- you know, guys I expect to get released, you strong like your candidates. Subheads. To release and then some surprises. Right. The numbers don't really matter. Strong candidates. Just so that released. you know how many. I'm going to go through uh, the list here. Ooh, it looks like you went from 9 to 11 here. Uh, it says 9 and 10, Dan. Oh, yeah. Good well, I was next, that was next level numbering. I looked at that. I Great thought stringent, did a very good job with that. Stringent editing process. So I'm going to go through. Probably. These are strong candidates. Would you put these names at, okay, 75% and up chance that they get cut loose? Yes. Okay. Jamal Charles of the Chiefs. And anybody stop me if one really catches your uh, eye. Uh, Darrell Rivas and Nick Mangold of the Jets. There will be a lot of Jets on this list. Nick Mangold, uh, Mario Williams, Brandon Albert, uh, both of the Dolphins, RG3 of the Browns, and Nick Foles of the Chiefs. Why don't we stop at Nick Foles right there? Because I love some good scientist heat. I love when the two scientists go down into the lab and they hash things out. But you know what I also like is when there's some scientist on scientist heat in the open air public that is Twitter. And that's what happened yesterday over Nick Foles. And it all started with a tweet from Greg Rosenthal. What was that tweet, Greg? It was that Nick Foles is a sneaky candidate to be a week one starter. But I wouldn't say it was heat between us. I was more confused. Uh, by it, Wes was very angry at the thought that Foles could have a job. But I, you know, I wouldn't angry. know. Is that how you would? Uh, he was fired up. Us? I wasn't angry. I, there was a lot of tweets. Well, you were home ill. Were you on medication? Were you clear headed? I was clear headed. Okay. I, di- I I was disappointed that Greg would put that energy out there. Whoa! Why? That the Nick big Foles could, he, because I have to watch these games. But and the last thing there is a I think you know I got, no, now, con- I got no control. There over is that. a certain kind of quarterback who you don't seem to mind, but I can't stand watching Zach Mettenberger, Mike Glennon, Nick Foles, these guys who spend three quarters not moving the ball once on offense, and then being told, "Oh, they're all right." But you're you're you're. I didn't. I don't think he's good. No, I would. That. I would finish never. That you're putting the energy out there. Sub GM's gonna read this and be like, you oh, know yeah. what? Greg Rosenthal, <laughs> NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal makes a good point. We're live from a bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is, there, there. You could count the jobs that are open. Buffalo potentially. The Jets. Cleveland. San Francisco. Oh. You look at the players available. I would. You look at. There's a reason why Nick Foles made a lot of money as a backup because. The market, you know, determined he was worth it. So I kind of would expect him to be in one of those spots competing for a job. That's all. I, w- I would not really support that notion. Brian Hoyer, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, Matt Barkley, Blaine Gabbert, Case Keenum, Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, Mike Lennon. I take all these guys over Nick Foles. I don't think the average GM would at all because I think the wor- the only really terrible – Every GM in the league is scribbling onto it. Yeah, that's true. Right I like that I have so much power. <laughs> Trade everyone good to the Patriots, GMs. Um, uh, now you sound like Mark Wahlberg. Uh, 
Nick Foles, he was terrible, just like everyone was terrible in his in it with his Rams run. I mean, he's bad. I don't think he's a great option. Talking about the traits, his footwork is terrible. He doesn't move in the pocket. He doesn't read defense. Pro Bowl well, MVP. And his accuracy is not good. <laughs> Can I? <laughs> but he, all right, guys, this is a lot of Nick right. Foles talk now. But any, he played. Points. He played for the. He played for the Chiefs. He's a normal backup. Sort of, I hope the Patriots know, sign him. Brady gets hurt, and you have to watch him sixteen games. Um, wow. my. <laughs> Don't put that evil on us, Greg. <laughs> we have to watch these games. I. What does that matter? I, have I do don't want to watch Nick Foles I'm, start another football game. Wes is upset that the probability, like there's a small probability a guy will play. That's all. Um, How can you be saying he won't? I totally, by the way, on the subject of Darrell Reeves, think the Jets need to move on. There has been a lot of talk about he'll take, take the haircut and then move to safety. That doesn't really solve anything for the Jets because the Jets – are clearly, and this ties back to our Tom Brady conversation from earlier, are clearly multiple years from really competing. Uh, hopefully, uh, they're in a rebuild right now, or they should be. And even if you move to Revis to safety and he's like a B to B-plus safety, what does that really do for you other than you're paying the guy a lot of money uh, and you're not competing anyway? What's well, the point? Just let's move on. And you talk about putting bad energy out there. I mean, Terrell Revis put bad energy out it. week after week, and it's a team that needed – someone like him to step up and try to keep that floundering defense together. And instead, he created issues, radioactive issues week after week. That You think that's not going to happen you double this season if he stays? A little top 99 free agents um, heat talk here. Would Revis be in your top 25 free agents? No. He wouldn't be in my top 99, I don't think. Whoa. Really? Whoa. I don't know. Well, he had one bad 99. year. 99. He got in the right scheme with the right coach. I just think he, better. I, I don't think it matters because I don't think he's going to want to. Okay. I, I think he's done with What's football. his motivation? Right. I, I think, don't. No, I don't think he would be in my top 99. I, I don't think he's going to want to play football again. I mean, if he really came out. That's an st- assumption, by the way, that you're making, though. That he doesn't have for, the fire. For one or he didn't two, have the fire last year. For one or two million dollars. Or whatever it's gonna be, like no, that doesn't sound like an appealing guy to bring in. He should be on your top ninety-nine, though, right? He'd be maybe, on my maybe, maybe he would, maybe he would. Wow. It could be ninety-nine. All right. Why, wait, why do? You, why would you want a guy who's? I'm not saying yeah, I want him. I, I just told you I think the Jets should move on from him. I'm I don't want him on a should losing. probably be on a free agency If I'm a bad though. team, I don't want to bring him in. But if you can plug him into like a defense that can use players in the right way and he's not asked to be a shutdown cornerback, I can Those see days Darrell are over. Re- I could see Revis having a solid season. I, for a guy who has been that this fixated on his money, I just can't imagine the scenario where he's excited to play on a one-year, $2.5 million contract and you get great play What if he goes and plays for Seattle opposite Richard Sherman and plays for our ring? That could work. That just do me a favor. I, I'm not happy with the role reviews. I'm sad the way this part two ended. But don't leave him out of the top 99, guys. That feels like it would just be spiteful against the Jets. I, I think we'll get more information <laughs> on this. Okay. So you're saying would he would he be lower or higher than Geno Smith? It's <laughs> a good question. Like who did we who were we talking for number ninety nine on Tuesday show? RG three. So he would be behind Robert Griffin the third. That's not fair. <laughs> That'd be hard. I guess that you're right. That I'm assuming he's not going to want to play for the type of contracts that he's offered. I'm just that. That's may, a that's little bit different, but yeah, I, that's a, that's an assumption. But I, I think it's a good one. Hey, the fax machine just landed, and it's bad news for Elvis Doomerville oh! because he's number eight on Greg's list. Okay. Poor guy just mo- missed a, a Super Bowl in Baltimore and then missed two appearances in Denver. Yeah. Had a nice career. Two first-team All-Pros. I mean, that's more than some of the Hall of Famers that just got, got a 
Not that Doomerville will be a consideration, but I, he had a nice little career. Two Bengals, Pac-Man Jones, who probably, I mean, he just continues to be a guy that, that gets uh, uh, on the grid for bad reasons. You wonder at what point is he not worth the pro- the trouble. And uh, ooh, Ray Maulagu got it almost. Right? Maluga. 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 <laughs> I think I had it right. Uh, <laughs> two guys who have lasted a lot longer in Cincinnati than anyone expected. Uh, Jared Odrick and Russell Okung. Now Okung just got to Denver, uh, Greg, but you think they're totally ready to say goodbye already after another kind of season where he disappointed. Well, if you remember, he was his own agent, and he came up with this deal where he only got paid $5 million last year, and then they have to pick up an option for almost $20 million over two years, and I don't think that's going to be much of an option for them. He did not perform too well. It's quite the conundrum for John Elway because he needs to rebuild this offensive line. Russell Okung was not really an asset last year, but how's he going to find an asset on the open market? Right, he might try to figure out a new market. He might might this is yeah, always been great, but the offensive line's kind of crushed crushed them two straight years. Two yeah. words, Joe Thomas. Maybe Brandon Albert, who's higher up on this list. Uh, he's, I think Brandon Albert might might still be able to play, but they have a left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Look, you know, this isn't a surprise, but the Dolphin. I mean, they're gonna going to be a lot of Dolphins talk, I feel like, on this podcast. If Joe Thomas they're gonna be active. has stuck out with the Browns this long, and there might be some light at the end of the tunnel this year, it would really surprise me if now he okays a trade. Just my just throw it out there. If it's right, I'll, I'll have Sydney bring that. Well, yeah, one, a shadowy league figure <laughs> reminded us that John Elway once rejected like a third-round pick for for Joe Thomas. or That's what, that's what he – All right, take that out of the show. <laughs> I thought Joe Thomas rejected that, not John Elway. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 13 on your list, uh, Brandon Flowers. You want to make flowers and DJ, today? DJ Fluker, the guard for the now Los Angeles Chargers. So those are the ones that Greg says 75% chance or better that they are hitting the street. Uh, and then you have a nice little uh, uh, subhead here entitled uh, the Tyrod Dilemma. <laughs> And what is the Tyrod Dilemma in a nutshell? Because this is the subject of our NFL Network hit that you can see on Thursday exclusively on Up to the Minute. Uh, What is the Tyrod Taylor in 57 words or less? Greg Rosenthal. The dilemma is that he's on the hook. Wasted four words right there. For a sizable contract, which also guarantees him some money into 2018 by a general manager who doesn't want to keep him but they don't have any better options. Count up the words. 52. <laughs> Pretty good. Nailed it. <laughs> 52. What are, uh, Mark, what are your thoughts about Tyrod Taylor? Because at, when the season ended, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that a divorce uh, was happening between the Bills and Tyrod Taylor. Rap Sheet reports uh, that he's now uh, open to a restructured uh, contract but not a pay cut. It seems to me that the Bills would be pretty um, stupid, frankly, to let Tyrod Taylor go unless they had a, a better option, and I don't see the better option either in free agency or on that roster, unless you just want to go for the quarterback in the draft, but that's obviously no given either. My initial thought is that I feel bad for one of the best NFL fan bases in Buffalo that they finally have the makings of a more than serviceable quarterback, someone that I think is exciting to watch and did a lot for that offense and as Greg wrote in his piece, that GM Doug Whaley is essentially trying to complete his quest to rid the Bills of any competent signal callers. I don't understand why you would part ways with him at this point, money aside, for what is potentially out there in your own system with Cardell Jones, which is a non-starter 
at quarterback or the other options. I, I, I realize the contract is an issue, but if you're Buffalo, you cannot go into next season with a new coaching staff with zero at quarterback. I, 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 I see this from Cleveland's point of view, and I wonder why they would get in bed with Tyrod Taylor. When you're in a place Cleveland's at where you're rebuilding, I think you're trying to find a solution, not a patch. Hmm. But why can't why can't it be both? Because Tyrod Taylor, that's the trick for Buffalo is that. So the team that had okay, he's not he's not the long term guy, but I think having the twentieth best guy is is seriously valuable for your team. So why wouldn't the Browns want to have the twentieth best guy while they continue to draft? And they may not have they a could ch- draft a guy in the first round and get Tyrod Taylor two years, thirty million. Right? They may not. There may not be a solution available, a true solution available to them. So Tyrod Taylor is much better than going into the season with RG three part two or Cody Kessler. I mean, I think Tyrod Taylor and Hugh Jackson would be a good match. A good fit together, number one, and it, whether it's a, a patch is better than what they've had for twenty years. I would take a as a Jets fan. I would take Tyrod Taylor as a two-year patch. Yeah, go draft a quarterback and and try to figure out that situation. Have him. He seems more than capable. I think he's back in Buffalo, though. I really do. I think that they they'll they'll eventually work something out. I don't know if you guys do. You guys actually think there's a chance he's not uh, in Orchard Park in September? I think. I, I would put it over 50 50. Mm. I mean, they've been he, trying to ride him out of there for a while. Because the team that's had him in its building for two years every day doesn't believe he's a franchise quarterback. I don't know why other teams would be so willing to throw 30 million guaranteed well, at him. That gives way too much credit to anything that the Bills are thinking. I you mean, have no idea. You haven't been there. You don't see him up close and personal. Right. But I don't like, think of all the lesser quarterbacks that get a second chance elsewhere that didn't do much. His coach is basically on the record, or at least sources close to the coach in Cleveland saying, like, bring him on. That that was his coach. Right. You it's know. one thing to say that when you only have to pay $10 million for him, but are you going to give him $30 million guaranteed? It just feels but why like, do you have to? It feels because like, that's what he's getting from Buffalo. But he would be cut. You're starting a new contract anyways. I mean, it's not it, you don't have to take that contract. The reason that the Bills, I don't think, would want him partly is because they guarantee him some money into next year, and they're just not too sure about him. It doesn't feel like coaches dislike him. It feels like the front office doesn't want him because Rex Ryan went to bat for him, and we know in Buffalo there's this weird dynamic where Doug Whaley is still talking about E.J. Manuel as a functional solution. To the, any Bills fan is saying, what are you thinking? But coaches want well, Tyrod Taylor. I think that... Some of the coaches in Buffalo really had a problem with him not seeing the field well, right. especially the middle of the field. I think that does come from their coaching staff. That, but they also there are other coaches that strongly supported. If he has a new Tyrod Taylor, because and continue what to work were the with options? Him. He's got limitations, you know. But I think he's just an upgrade. I mean, this is a team that literally started RG three in Week One. That's a, it's it's out that's outrageous. And then, and then four another more te- quarterbacks. Another team started Blaine Gabbard in Week One last year. So in that in that situation. He's exciting if he gets cut all, as a free agent because you can still draft a guy in the first round. We all agree that he's flawed, so that's why you don't give him seven for one hundred. But if you give him two for twenty-seven, sure, I, doesn't everybody win potentially? Like where he can play the position competently and he's not breaking the bank. I think two for twenty-seven sounds great, but the, I, don't, I don't. I if he thinks he's going to get more than that, I'm not sure he will. The the thing is, I don't think he wants to take less money from the Bills because of what he's gone through. And because there's so much cap room out there, he can get close enough, to, I think, to that contract. I, I know you, you want to move on, but it, I just wanted to mention the Bills have a lot of 
weird I, – man, I don't like this Bills team. They have a lot of weird fits of guys who make too much money. Charles Clay is paid like a superstar. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is a great player. I don't know if he's going to be a great fit in that scheme. I, I saw so Rex about, Ryan. You have him on a, a potential surprise. It, that would be a stunner. And really a, surprised. A stunner. That would be a stunner. And it probably doesn't – I can't see the Bills doing it, but I could see some teams thinking get rid of him a year too early versus a year too late. Or maybe see if a team would take him in a trade. That's, that's probably more likely. And on the NFC side of things, of course – is Tony Romo even on the bubble? I mean, it seems like he's he's gone. It's just a matter of how he goes. Yeah, that could trade, be a trade or a release. Or a release. Uh, Jay Cutler certainly would be surprising if he was back in Chicago. Um, who would you rather have, uh, Mark, Jay Cutler or Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback? I would not I would never want Jay Cutler. I I'm, would absolutely want Tyrod Taylor. I'd rather have Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, his, don't you think there's always a coach out there that's still fascinated with Jay Cutler? Someone would take him on. I wonder if that's on. still the case. That was the case for many years. But it feel like we've turned a corner with Cutler. And he's also coming off a, a shoulder injury. His number one asset was that he had an incredible arm. And now we don't even know if he has that going for him. He's a coach killer. He'll get he'll get your Market. offensive coordinator fired and your head coach fired. You don't want to be a team on the bubble about your whole staff you know, needs a prove it year, and Jay Cutler's your quarterback. He's like the new Kerry Collins. Um, Adrian Peterson. Well, that's that's a good thing. Kerry like, Collins. If he could have the late career that Kerry Collins is, then you're like, hey, I'd sign up for that for a year or two. Maybe you get l- lucky with everything around him. What? I meant more like once all the good quarterbacks are gone, you're like, oh, I guess I have to settle for this guy. Right. Uh, they, they were the one seed with Kerry Collins as like a 38-year-old. He was beating back time before it was cool. He was. He was. Adrian Peterson uh, on this list as well. Uh, Wes, you were saying how we were talking about the Giants on Tuesday show, how he's not a great fit in that offense. I'm wondering with Adrian Peterson at age 32, if if he's not necessarily, you know, his destination won't be a, a, a team where he is getting the ball 25 times. Maybe he just is at this stage of his career. Teams will be looking for him as a change of pace type back. Is it is it crazy to think that he's not going to have a huge market of teams looking for a featured back? Yeah, I, I think even with the Giants, I, I know I said he was a bad fit, but you could redesign your offense. Same thing with the Packers, where you could use him as the early down guy and then move to shotgun on third downs. But I do think that, that Adrian Peterson at this stage of his career will not have the market that you would think his name brings. And maybe it's best that he just stays in Minnesota. Especially that position. The, the the league does not look fondly upon plus 30 running backs, even if you are Adrian Peterson. I don't think Minnesota's going to want to pay that money. It, that it's, money is outrageous. Right. His his actual contract now is it has to be redone, but he still might be able to make more in Minnesota than, than he makes anywhere else. I did read something that was interesting that that his, you know, he doesn't, Adrian Peterson went on ESPN and mentioned a couple teams, and those don't necessarily... Uh, come up by accident. His agent even mentioned the Bucks the last time around. And you think about the Bucks and Dirk Cotter and the way they run their offense and how they want to run the ball so much. And they're going to be cutting Doug Martin probably, who's another guy on this list. The Bucks make a little bit of sense. Can't you see them spending a little too much on Adrian Peterson and just they, they want to be that offense? That's they're they're kind of a little bit of an old school. I'm offense. not sure they're cutting Doug Martin though. I I mean he really. I don't. I I'm, think they think his well. It's tough to say with his the problems in his life and even whether he would count towards their cap. But 
I do think they're going to move on from Doug Martin. He's another fascinating uh, guy to watch in this. If he does hit the open market, what what kind of um, interest he would fetch? Because remember, he was one of the best runner backs in the league last year uh, before um, this year was really a washout season on multiple levels. Still pretty young. What is he, 27, 28 years old? He's 28, but you know he had 2.9 yards per carry. He had a PED suspension and – you know, people are concerned about his substance abuse. So, you know, people talk about red flags going into a draft. That That's a tough situation to go into free agency if he gets cut. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's another quarterback name that could, could be out there. The 49ers under Kyle Shanahan uh, really is a good chance they really reboot the machine there. And that would mean Kaepernick is going off on his own. Uh, who wants to... He had some moments. He had a stretch last year, Wes, where where he, he was playing at a, a decent level. But is he a guy that you really want to take on at this stage of his career? No. No. I think when you set the standard as he had a couple of decent moments, Case Keenum did too. I mean, I, I did, Colin, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick's not an NFL starter right now. He, he's, he and RG3 are – you got to find a coach that really wants to – like it's get, like a big project. Yeah, to get on the, you know, to really push for them, and and I don't know about, I don't know where they're gonna. I think he end burned up. a lot of bridges last year. Who Kaepernick? Yeah, I think with his his stance on the national anthem, I think that a lot of people in football, they think a different way about that kind of stuff than Colin Kaepernick, and I think we saw articles where executives came out and bashed him, and many people said they would never. Play I'll, I'll I'll take that even further. Uh, would I be totally shocked if he was out of football? I wouldn't be. I think that the nature of the NFL, there, I think there's probably a lot of whether all it takes is with an owner to say that guy's never going to be on my team, and and a, a lot of conservative owners out there that would want nothing to do with him. So you're already cutting down uh, his his base of who he can go to, uh, slashing in half or even more potentially. I wouldn't be stunned. How about if he this week one starter, New York Jets? No. Won't I'm not saying I think, you want I think RG3 yeah. is more I'm telling you it's going to happen. More likely I mean, to... that's been the, the fun thing this offseason. Name the horrible veteran quarterback <laughs> and then like throw it in a Jets fan's face. I mean, there's <laughs> not going to be a good no, – that's... Yeah, it's not going to be a good quarterback no matter what. I'd just rather it not be one with <laughs> one like Callan Kaepernick, which he just doesn't do anything. Even as a player, forget about – How about Jay Cutler? Stuff. I hope New York Jets. I don't say that as a joke. Bring it on. I'll be fun. I, I think that's Jay a, on the train. that, that could be a possibility. I I hope it's not Mike Glennon for your sake because the West, you know, Dan battles if Mike Glennon goes to the Jets because no one hates Mike Glennon like Wes. <laughs> well, we lived through the Ryan Fitzpatrick era where I, we had to keep readjusting tough. Dan's expectations. Uh, you well, you guys were totally wrong in year one of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I think we were right. By the way, with, yeah. with with Kaepernick, if he if he was even close, if he was even. 80% where Tyrod Taylor is right now, he would have every job he wanted. I don't think the flag stuff matters at all. But it's the sliding scale in the NFL. Kind of once you're below that point of, like, being a, a starter, then then teams will, like, this kind of stuff will matter. His like a storyline is not or football. A, or a rest. I mean, consider the lowlifes that have gotten jobs in the NFL. To think that it would cost Colin Kaepernick a job is a little tough to swallow. No, I think I, I totally disagree with you on that. I think that it absolutely would cost Colin. Ka- I think Dan's right. There are owners who will flat out forbid their team from signing Colin Kaepernick. And one last name, because he is a uh, a very good pass rusher when healthy, but that's become a question. Lamar Houston uh, tore his ACL for the second time in his career back in September. Uh, you know, with the with with the Bears right now, 
and the Bears have a lot of work to do, so there's a chance a 29-year-old pass rusher coming off a double ACL tear could be uh, sent packing. Uh, he could be a guy who that kind of feels like one of those things where the Patriots pick him up. He has nine and a half sacks. I could see it. I smell it. I don't even think he makes the top 99. Mm. Hmm. That's quite a switch from a couple of years ago. Two ACLs in three years is tough. He might make the top 99, but, yeah, that that's tough to recover from. Darrell Revis or Lamar Houston, if you have. All right, Revis is gonna make it because right. you're right. In well, in the world that he's what you were doing. I had to come after you. No, I'm in the world that I don't think he's gonna be on it because I think we're gonna get some signs that he doesn't want to play for a lot unless it's for a lot of money or just doesn't want to play. Period. But th- that takes him off the top. Not, see, it's a yeah. little bit of a nebulous situation. Nebulous. Well, if I if you're hearing from a guy that doesn't want to play football, you're not gonna put him on the list. Hey, it's not my department. But if you want it, you want that list to be taken seriously by the football cognoscenti. <laughs> should put Terrell Reeves on the list. <laughs> oh, he could end up still with the Jets. Who knows? Got to be right. a lot of Eagles on the, the NFC list. Connor Barwin, Ryan Matthews, Jason Kelsey, and then maybe Jason Peters as a surprise. Michael Kendricks could be traded. That's a lot of, a lot of people... Played a lot of snaps for the Eagles. Helps his free agency class if all these guys actually get cut. Makes it a little more fun, even if they're flawed players. These guys are all, I guess, flawed in in a way to be in this predicament they're in. Just hanging (laughs) hanging in purgatory. (laughs) Well, Hanging in purgatory. It's true that more than than ever, great players don't get to free agency. I mean, there there are some, but not not many. Um, All right, guys. Good talk, good football talk, um, and a good show. We will uh, head into the weekend. Mark just attempted to throw 14 papers into the garbage can from seven feet away and horrifically missed. But just the the entire idea that it could work was never a plan. You took papers and tried to, like, throw them across the room like it was a hardball. Got to try. Anyway, we will be back on Tuesday. We're going to take the weekend. We're going to, you know, regroup. Um President's Day on Monday, so Sydney requested that she uh, was home on Monday, so we're not going to do a show on Monday. Oh, you're putting this on me, huh? <laughs> Very patriotic of you. Wait, that's not even true. You are here on Monday, right? I'm here if there's work to be done. No, no, no. Please, don't come in, Sydney. <laughs> Just reflect on our nation's leaders, please. Right. <laughs> uh, but we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new show uh, so make sure you tune in. Thanks to everybody. Make sure you check out, um, uh, leave uh, comments and stars on the iTunes comment section. And uh, thank you to everyone that listens to the show. We do appreciate you. Now it's time to go. This is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm. Big fan of draft day. <laughs> the mailman. <laughs> the boss. And new money behind the glass. Till Tuesday. Okay, here we go. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.